What's up, Grace Life Church? Y'all know what today is? Man, five years of Grace Life Church. That's a big deal. Five years, five years. Many people don't make it this long. So I'm so thankful for what has happened in this church over the last five years, what's happening right now and what's going to happen. And uh, this morning, what we're going to talk about is why we do what we do and how we do what we do. Just be as clear as I possibly can with this. I'm, I sprinkle it throughout every message. I try to at least. But to, today, if, if you're new here or if you're just, you don't listen on a regular basis, uh, the... <laughs> This message is a good one to be at if you want to know what Grace Life Church is about. Um, before I get started, if you could do us a favor, check in on Facebook, share this live stream with your friends, family, and enemies. Let them know that Grace Life Church is the greatest church in all the land. Not that it's a competition, I'm just saying. I got to word that better next time. I'll just, oh, 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 we're having a potluck after church as well, so... If you didn't bring anything, that's cool. Y'all are cool. You can, still, you can still join us. We encourage you to stay. You don't have to bring anything. Just hang out. Get to know us. It's going to be phenomenal. All right, now we can get started. One thing, one thing that I do every week uh, is I, I come in here and I, I, I just pray and I thank God for, for each and every person that sits in these seats. I even go around and I, I just... I, walk up and down every aisle. I put my hand on every chair. You can call that hokey or hyper-spiritual or whatever you want, but that's what I do every, oh, uh, just about every, every weekday. And I thank God for each and every one of you, the people, not only for you, but the, anybody who's ever sat in these chairs. I thank God for those. I bless those people. I bless you, and I bless those people who haven't found us yet and the ones that will sit in these chairs. And I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for where we've We've come. I want people to know what the cross did for them. I want people to know and believe the gospel of grace. That's what I want for each and every person, because when you get it, when you truly get it, it changes you. It changes you from the inside out. I pray that people know that they're loved unconditional, unconditionally by the Father. I pray that they know that God has separated them from their sins as far as east is from the west, that their sins and lawless deeds he'll remember no more. I pray that we know that we're already forgiven for every sin we've ever committed, are committing, and ever will commit. You are forgiven 100% past, present, future. Amen. I need some interaction. This is five years. I, it's one of those, it's one of those, I'm not the most charismatic person in the world. If I was sitting there, I'd be like, oh man, that's really good. It's really good. But I wouldn't say anything. So I'm asking you to do as I say, not as I do. We need to, let's be charismatic this morning, at least five years. I want people, and I pray that everybody who's ever sat in these chairs, that are sitting in these chairs and ever will sit in these chairs, will come to the realization and the knowledge that they are created for greatness. You're created for greatness. You're meant for so much more. Even if your life is pretty doggone good, there's more. God's cre created you to live a life that's greater than you ever dreamed of. That means if you're, the things that you used to dream of have become your reality, dream bigger. Keep going. I want everybody who's here, has ever been here, and ever will be here to know that they are made on purpose for a purpose. 
That's what I want for Grace Life Church. Every single person. That's what I've always wanted for this church for the last five years. And five years is funny because it's not that long, but when you stop and think of everything that we've done in the last five years, everything we've overcome as a church, everything that we've seen happen, different people, different uh, uh, lives that we've been able to impact over the last five years, we've withstood some things. We, we withstood uh, three schools being a mobile church. Who was here when we were mobile? Oh, man. Y'all are blessed. You earned your crowns in heaven. It was, <laughs> we would get up and we would, we would get here. Rand, me and Randy had a, a competition to see who would actually get here first. And I only beat him a couple times, him and Karen. But, but uh, we would go and unload these, these trailers and do this whole thing. And it, it's, been, it's been a journey. Three different schools before we got to this building. We survived a, a pretty big hurricane, a global pandemic. A lot's happened over the last five years, and here we are. Here we are. I'm so thankful, so thankful. So I want people, when they think of Grace Life Church, to know, I want them to know that we're just not another church in the community. There's a lot of churches around here. You can't hardly throw a rock without hitting a church in this area. But I don't want to just be another church in the community. I want to be something different. I want to be something bigger. And there's nothing wrong with what the other churches are doing here. I just have a different vision than a lot of those. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Because we're not your ordinary church. Someone's, some people have asked me, we have the, uh, back on the table in the foyer, we have these cards that say, not your ordinary church. And people have asked me, well, how are we different than any other church? We come in, we sing our songs. We listen to you yap for 35 minutes, and then we go home. How are we? That's what we do at every, every, at every church for, for the most part. And I want to just communicate this this morning that we're not your ordinary church, not because of how we do it, not how we do it on a weekly basis, but what we produce in your life. Whenever you understand the unconditional love and grace of God, it changes you. We're not just a mark the church off kind of church or church box off kind of church. So what separates us from most churches isn't how we do it, but what we do and what it does in you. When you understand the, the love of the Father, despite anything that you've ever done, it doesn't change. His love for you is unchanging. It's unconditional. And when you get that, that means you can run boldly to the throne of grace, despite what you've done in your past, and let him love on you and allow that love to change you. Allow it to do something in you. And then whenever you start to see yourself that in, in the same way that God the Father sees you, you start to realize something. You start to realize that you don't have to settle for the life that you've always settled for. You don't have to settle for, with, by, by surrounding yourself with the wrong people. You don't have to settle by, by doing the things that you've always done just because that's what you've always done or that's what society says you're supposed to do. Whenever you understand the love of the Father, it, it causes you to stop settling for anything less than heaven on earth. Amen. Awesome. When I was a Bible college student, I didn't even know we were starting a church. I didn't, I kind of, I knew I was called to full-time ministry, but I didn't know what it was going to look like. And I was uh, praying one day. I was asking the Lord, what is my ministry going to look like? And right there in, in Bible college and class, I, I got this picture of a drop of water. A drop of water, and, and you've seen it where it just drops and it, then it ripples out. And I felt like the Lord was saying, 
you can't force the ripples. The only way you can ripple out, your ministry can really change as many people as, as, it, as possible, is by a strong center, a strong core. And I started to think, as time is, hindsight's 2020, right? We can look back and say, you know, Grace Life Church, I think the last five years has been that initial drop. And, and I think the Lord has called Grace Life Church to make a big splash. And as we grow, not in numbers necessarily, I think, yes, grow in numbers. We need to grow in numbers in order to accomplish what the Lord's called us to accomplish. But as we, if, if, if we never grew by another human in this church ever again, but we continue to grow on an individual basis, how much could we see in our lives? And then how much impact would we have in the world around us? How much would each individual person in this church start to expand? I think that's the best form of evangelism. I think that when you live it, when you're, when you're impacted by the love of God, by the gospel of grace, when you get that, the world's going to see it. You don't have to preach to people. You don't have to have Bible studies. You don't have to do anything. People will see it. They'll see heaven in you, and they'll want what you have. And you'll start to impact people. When things don't affect you the way that they do everybody else, not just on an emotional level, but on a financial level. The world could be crumbling around you and it doesn't affect you at all. That's the power that we possess. We have the power, we have the power that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of each and every one of us. We need to be bold about this. We shouldn't be fearful of anything. I don't need to go into details, fill in the blank. But how do we respond when we get squeezed, when things happen? When the politicians say things that we disagree with, when the world seems to be going nuts, how do we respond? At Grace Life Church, we shouldn't respond like everybody else. We should respond differently because we know the power that we possess. Man, I'm telling you, I'm pumped up this morning. If no one else is pumped up, I'm pumped up this morning because I've been thinking a lot. I've been thinking about where we started and where we are now. And I, I want to... I, I, it's weird because if you know me, I'm into media. I like doing videos and that sort of thing. And me doing what I do, have, you would think I would just have a plethora, an abundance of footage of Grace Life Church over the last five years, and I do not. If you do, email me, clint at gracelifeonline.com. But we started in September 2016 at Bear Branch Junior High. Bear Branch Junior High. That was, who was there? Wow, quite a few of you. Awesome. Awesome. And, and we started there. Next one. I was just going to show a few pictures. This is literally all I have. That's what we would walk into, this cafeteria with chairs everywhere. I see Randy over there twitching. He's having flashbacks like, oh, boy. <sighs> we get there early. We'd pack all those up. And then it would, that, that was right before our first service, I believe. One of them, anyway, I tried. Is there any more? Oh, that's my first office, by the way. <laughs> the stairwell at Bear Branch Junior High. Anything else? Oh, and that's when we moved to the other school, Bear Branch Elementary. Those metal chairs. The funny thing about those metal chairs is I didn't know how uncomfortable all y'all were. Metal chairs for, you know, we don't have super long services, but they were uncomfortable. And I didn't know we had a guest speaker one day and I was sitting there in the front row in this metal chair. I'm like, we need new chairs. <laughs> Thus, these chairs were born. 
Is that all I have? That's it. All right. So that I would love it. Laura's like, you should put a video together. I said, I, w I literally have nothing. So <laughs> send us more pictures and uh, take some up here too. So next step in 10 year anniversary, we have some pictures to show. So what we do, I got to get going here. What we do, our mission as a church is to empower ordinary people to live extraordinary lives through a guilt-free, unreligious relationship with God the Father. I want Grace Life Church to be known as the most unreligious church you've ever been to. I don't want to play church games. I don't want to just mark a church box off. I want to be a church for real people. I know that every church says that. We're different than all the other churches. We're just come as you are. But seriously, they're lying. We're, no. <laughs> just joking. I got to quit that. But, um. I want real people. I don't want you to put your church face on. I want you to admit that you're going through something if you're going through something and let us build you up. Let's pray for you. Let's speak life over you. Let's not pretend like everything's okay when everything's not okay. I, want, I don't want a church necessarily that church people enjoy. That's been one of our struggles in getting people. How do you get people who don't like church to come to a church. I haven't figured it out yet. I'm just asking. But <laughs> we're, I, I've, I read a book. I told you all about it, Irresistible by Andy Stanley. And he spoke what I was feeling. He put words to it. And he said a lot of people grew up in church. And they went through the games. And then they, they, they grew up and they realized that some of the stuff that they were doing doesn't make any sense. It's not in the Bible. They're actually listening to someone who's never read the Bible tell them what the Bible says, and it's just this whole big mess. And they start to think about what they think about, and they leave church. They leave church. They haven't given up on God. They still love God. They still have a, want a relationship with God, but they, they're not connected anywhere because they're tired of the church games. And he calls them post-Christian. It's not that they're unbelievers. They're not atheists. They're just sick and tired of church as usual. And that's what I want. I want to provide a place for the post-Christian, for lack of a better term. I want to provide a place where, where if you don't like church, you love Grace Life Church. Yes, we have worship. Yes, we have a message. Yes, you got to look at me for a little bit. But it's not just about that. It's about the message that transforms your lives. It's about the relationships that take place in this church. This is the building. We facilitate a community. And then it's up to you to get to know each other and to be there for one another. We do things a little bit different. To, to, a, a verse that I use a lot for our mission, empowering ordinary people to live extraordinary lives, is 2 Peter 1-2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given, past tense, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You don't have to be a certain person. You don't have to become a certain person to get and to earn the promises of God. It says this, this statement, this, these verses are all in past tense. 
You already have everything you'll ever need for life and godliness. You already are a possessor of the kingdom. Stop striving to become something. Stop striving to earn something and rest in the fact that you are already in possession of it. And when you get that, it says that that's when you become a partaker of the divine nature. Partake, that, means, that just means you start to experience it. You start to experience heaven on earth when you understand it. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Not just an idol, not, not an old white man with a big white beard, with a white lightning bolt and a big white throne waiting to strike you down with something. He's just waiting to take away your job. He's just waiting to give you just a little bit of cancer or kill off one of your loved ones just to teach you something or just because you haven't gotten in the Bible enough this week. That's a false representation of God. That's an idol. And so when you, when you start to tear down those idols and you start to see God for who he truly is, that's when you become a partaker of every promise of God. All of them has nothing to do with you being a good little boy and girl. Not your ordinary church. I want to help you figure out where you fit in the kingdom. This is not a feel-good message. This is a practical message. This is something where, where when you start to Get, you get that uneasiness in you. You start to get it. You start to know your, uh, you, or discover your identity in Christ. When you get that, life as usual just becomes, you get a little unsettled. I know some of you have experienced this. It's like, I can't keep doing what I've always been doing. I've been chasing a paycheck. I've been chasing job after job after job, and I have all the stuff, but there's something missing. There's something missing. I've, I've been in church longer than this goofy pastor's been alive. I'm not going to go down that route. Haters. Bunch of haters. No. Sometimes we've got to admit that maybe we've missed it. Maybe it takes an unchurched person to expose a few things. There's this word that I feel like I am called to as a pastor. Iconoclast. An iconoclast is a person who attacks settled beliefs or institutions or a destroyer of images used in religious worship. Aren't you tired of the church games? I think you are. That's why you're here today. Let's tear down those old religious idols. Let's quit putting, making God out to be the bad guy. Mm. Man, oh man. Man, oh man, oh man. I want to help you figure out where you fit in the kingdom. Not everyone's called to full-time church ministry, but everybody is called to full-time kingdom ministry. Tim was listening earlier when I talked. Remember I mentioned the charismatic stuff? Know what I don't like is whenever I'm at a church and the pastor is like, hello, y'all awake this morning? Everybody's called to full-time kingdom ministry, but our, our idea of ministry needs to change. Kingdom living on earth as it is in heaven, that includes all aspects of life, all of them. It's hard to wrap our minds around 
kingdom ministry because we think of ministry as serving in church, but it's more than that. It's not, this isn't just Sunday morning. This is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and start all over again. It's every day. And it's not this hyper-spiritual, you got to preach and get everybody saved and save the world and take on the devil and all that. It's just, when you get it, it just overflows out of you. The people that you work with will see it. I remember the first time that I realized that this change had happened to me. I was still in the army. A medic in the army, I was, I was just a few months from getting out, and I was, I was uh, working at a clinic. I was just sitting there chilling. We weren't doing anything in the nurse's station there. And I, uh, I don't know, I, just, I wouldn't do anything. And everybody was talking. And I don't know if anybody's been in the military, but the language in the military, there's so much cussing, it doesn't even make sense. Maybe some of y'all talk like that anyway. But I know you do, because y'all don't hold back. <laughs> but, which is good. I'm not, I don't want you to. Come as you are. Everybody's welcome. Uh, anyway, they're cussing, a bunch of cussy cussertons, and I didn't, I never tried to not cuss, but I guess that is one thing that changed almost immediately for me. It's not a big deal. That's just what happened to me. Y'all, you do you, boo. But I was sitting there, and they were talking, and they just said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you sitting there. And I'm like, I don't care what you talk like, but they they saw something in me that was different than them. And they felt like they needed to change in order to just be around me, which is not true. But people will see the change. People will see the change in you before you see it in yourself. It happens. And I know that a lot of you in this room have started to see it. And then some of the relationships that used to be pretty cool aren't as cool anymore. Because that's just not the direction you want to go in life. Well, we get it in our Christian minds that we're supposed to love everybody, so we don't let go of these damaging relationships. But sometimes the best thing you can do to love somebody is to let them go. That's a message for another day, but sometimes the best thing we can do for one another is to just distance ourselves. As you grow and discover your place in the kingdom, you will want to be a part of something that helps others grow and find their place in the kingdom. So we hear this a lot. It's almost like people take church, the idea of church, and go one extreme to the other. They say they're either super churchy and they want to be in, they want programs and they want all the stuff. And, and every time the church doors are open, they want to be in there. I was this person for a little while. And then they get burnt out, and so they're like, well, the modern church in America, that we're not even supposed to do it that way. We need to get rid of all of it, and we're just going to do, you know, I'm going to pray for people in Starbucks. People who say that they pray for people in the grocery store line, and that we are the church, and we take it everywhere, very seldomly are actually doing that. They just want to sleep in on Sunday. So there, there's this middle ground. Because there, there's what we see the first century church doing and how we do it in this country today. And what I started, I started to look at this. I started to look at how Jesus ministered to people. He started to, he didn't, he didn't say, okay, if you have your Torah, open up to page 37. No, he would teach kingdom principles in a way 
that met the society he lived in where they were. He, he did it the way that they, were, they did it and how they were used to it in their society. So do we undo everything that the American church does because, well, they just had home churches in the first century, or do we take a first century model and adopt and, and bring it into the 21st century? Does that make sense? Obviously, I don't think anybody here feels this way, but if there's ever a question, we don't need either church or home church. We need home church and we need corporate setting. We need to empower people because, or we need to surround ourselves with people who are empowered, help them find their place in the kingdom. And then when we get together and we worship together, it overflows to the next person and the next person and the next person. So my heart for Grace Life Church is to empower you. And, and as you see change in your life, then you will be able to, to step into something greater and help us reach more people that way. This is, am I making sense? I hope I'm making sense. Would anybody say no, that made no sense? I've had people come to this church. They're not here anymore, so don't be looking around. We just talk about them behind their back. <laughs> They're gone, so we can say whatever we want. I've had people, I just don't feel led to greet. I don't feel led to count the offering. I don't feel led to be an usher or pray with people. Do you know that 95% of what I do, I don't feel led to do? It just comes with the territory. We get so spiritual with everything. Sometimes we just say, man, this, this church has changed my life. And I want it to reach more people. So I'm going to get involved and I'm going to do something that I don't really feel like doing. But I know that it's making an impact in somebody else's life. I know that I want more people to experience what I've experienced. So I'm going to show up when I don't feel like showing up. I don't feel that good but I'm going to show up. I know we live in a weird time right now where this is, <clears throat> y'all, y'all are committed. Uh, <laughs> right now, this, this has been my biggest frustration over the last year and a half. Before last year, if you were sick, I say, you need to come to church. You need to be in this environment so we can pray for you. So we cannot settle for this sickness. Listen, you know how many times I've been up here? There's been about three or four times where I was like, I felt like death. And I had to show up. Why? Because I'm the pastor. I'm the pastor. So I had to show up. I didn't want to, but I did anyway. And while I'm here, boom, a healing takes place. And I leave here better than I arrive. Not because necessarily everybody's surrounding me and laying hands and speaking in tongues and all this, this stuff. Just being in an environment that promotes healing, being in an environment that promotes kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven. Sometimes it's hard to believe for a healing when you feel like garbage and you need to rip yourself out of that environment and surround yourself with, with people and, and listening to the truth and being set free by the truth. That's been my biggest frustration. Now I know that some people don't agree with that. And, and so we've had to kind of find a middle ground somewhere. But man, we are going, we're, mm, let's move on. Y'all okay? Y'all love me? I want, uh, and I spent way too long on that. All right. That's why we do what we do. 
so to help you find your place in the kingdom. That's number one. This church isn't about the church. This church is about you. And as you grow, as you change, then you can help the church empower more people to find their place. But you can't give what you don't have. I've had so many people show up and say, right away, how can I get involved? How can I get involved? I say, I think you need to just show up for a little while and let this, this revelation change you. Then you can get involved. How we do it. Ephesians, I cannot get into great detail this morning, but Ephesians 4, this is how we do it. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. A better translation right there is for the equipping of the saints for the work of their ministry. In Greek, that's a better translation of that. For the equipping of the saints for of the saints for the work of their ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the, uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with it every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from who the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That's a whole lot of stuff. It's a whole lot. But this is how we do it. Now, I told this a a couple months ago. A couple months ago, I told this story. I'll just say it, and then we'll move forward. But when I was, again, when I was in Bible college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know why I was there. And, but I, I, I had a few different guest speakers show up and start to have these prophetic words over me. It's really weird because I didn't like to be called out in the middle of class or singled out. I was not a public speaker at that time. I. I would, when they would call on me, my ears would start that, whoa, 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 and I'd start getting real sweaty and shaky and say the dumbest stuff. Anyway, one of them says, you're starting a church. I was like, ah, maybe. He said, well, you're not just starting a church, but you're going to be starting an apostolic ministry. Many churches is how he said it. And at that moment, oh, man, I got I to gotta bring this. Hold on. Got to get the board out. back on camera. All right. So the way I thought, so he says here that I am called into an apostolic ministry. Well, that made me super uncomfortable because before all the ministry gifts were like a pyramid. I hope this is on the uh, live stream. I don't know if it is with the apostle up here. And so it was kind of like this high and lifted up position where at the top of the pyramid is this guy. And now everybody just serve me. Show up and let's set up chairs and let's do this and that. Serve the apostle. And they even say that the big famous preacher is usually an apostle because they're impacting all these people. But then I started to study things out. And in scripture, an apostle is not at the top of the pyramid. 
the, it's actually, it actually goes this way with the apostle down here. So when the apostle Paul talks about his apostleship, he doesn't talk about how people serve him. He didn't talk about how amazing he is. He actually talks about the persecution. He talks about the difficulties. Because the role of an apostle isn't for everybody to serve the apostle. The role of the apostle is to serve everybody else. The role of an apostle is to elevate the fivefold ministry to accomplish more. Okay? So I said this a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, and everyone started calling me ACZ, <laughs> Apostle Clint Zeller. I, that is not at all what I'm trying to say. I'm saying that Grace Life Church is an apostolic ministry. An apostolic ministry who equips the saints to do the work of their ministry. Our role in your life is to equip you to step into kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven. That's the role of Grace Life Church. We equip you to step into something greater. All aspects of life. The word apostle actually predates the New Testament. It predates the New Testament. This wasn't meant to be necessarily a big spiritual word. An apostle was somebody, Rome had apostles. So Caesar would send an apostle out to the surrounding villages, surrounding kingdoms, and because they were trying to expand the kingdom of Rome. And so they would send an apostle out and they would give him a, an ultimatum or an offer. Say, we want, as Rome, we want to absorb this kingdom and, and transform it into Rome. You could decline and we'll take it by force. That's how it's going to be. But the, so the apostle would come in and, and they would say, yeah, of course, we're, we, we accept the terms of this agreement. So now the, the kingdom of Rome was being expanded. But what the apostle would then do is go and bring back more people from Rome who would restructure how that other kingdom operated. So they would restructure the government. They would restructure education, entertainment, economy, religion, family, all mountains of society would start to be influenced by this apostleship. And the reason was when Caesar traveled to these other places, the, king, the, the ruler of this kingdom would travel outside into this new territory. He wouldn't even feel a difference. It'd feel like he was still in Rome. And with that mentality, that's how we should be operating as a church that we influence every aspect of society and we begin to change the world. And that's how we create kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven. So when our king comes back and he steps foot on this planet, it's never, he doesn't even know he's left heaven. Everything's exactly the same because we have stepped into something because the church has done what it, a church is supposed to do to empower you to do whatever it is you're called to do. Some of you, it might be full-time ministry like this, church ministry. Some of you, it might be starting a business. Some of you have already stepped into it. We've, we've, we're scratching, the, five years in, we're scratching the surface of this, just barely. We have a few home churches where we empower the leaders of these home churches to impact their community. I don't know if y'all know this. I think just about everyone in here drives at least 30 minutes to come to church. 
How long? Hour and 15 minutes to come here. This church, I can't impact Brenham. Right, Brenham? That's where you live. I know you go there. Anyway, I can't impact Brenham, but they can. But are, are we just supposed to say, go do it? Go do it. Or can they be empowered by Grace Life Church, take what they get here and take that to Brenham? Can you take this to Katy or, or, or wherever y'all live, all over the place? That's how we spread things. What I see more often than not is people cut ties with a, a church because now we're going to go do this. And it's like, why don't you allow that church to help you? Don't reinvent the wheel. Let me help you. Let us help you. And that's how we expand this. So when I, don't, I don't have a full picture of what that prophetic word for me was, but maybe if that's all it is, I'm good with that. Multiple churches, do we need multiple church buildings or do we empower all of you to, to spread this message to the people closest to you? Do we need another building with me on a big screen? I've never understood, stop the madness. Uh, <laughs> I, I've never understood those, but... Our job as an apostolic ministry is to empower you to live on earth as it is in heaven so when King Jesus steps foot on earth, he won't even know he left heaven. That is good. That's why we do what we do. That's how we do what we do. But we have to change our mindset. I don't want mark the church box off people. I mean, I want you. But I don't want you to stay that person. If you showed up here thinking we're just like every other church, you're wrong. I don't want that. We don't want lazy. We want to do something. I think sometimes we're so afraid to step out into something because it's so different than what we're used to. We never do anything and we settle for less. We're not a church that settles. We're an empowering church. If you have a gift inside you, we want to help you use it. That's something that I got to stop here in a second. Y'all are hungry, I can tell. But people, <laughs> so you just add, you're adding to the service at this point. You're, all right. What was I going to say? See, you messed it up. We're prolonging everything now. We're not leaving until I think of it. Um, I really forgot. Kingdom life, this goofball that just clapped over here, is stepping into kingdom life. I could have a line of people right now since they started coming to this church that have been positively impacted by what they get here. Not from me, but from us. Business opportunities. We're stepping into things that we never thought. We're hitting, we're starting to hit every aspect of society. Entertainment. Old girl here, Lindsay, she was on the Grammy ballot last year. I mean, we are not a large church, if you haven't noticed, and we're making an impact. Home churches. People just, I mean, so many of you, you just go to work and you're just so, people see what you have. You don't have to say anything. They just know. Don't let this make you think that nothing's happening. And we're just getting started. If you have a gift inside you, we want 
to help you use it. If you have a dream inside of you, we want to help make it your reality. Your purpose is to grow. Our mission is to empower you to grow. And as you grow, the kingdom grows. And it's not always easy. The last five years, have they been difficult? Yes. People come against you. Stuff doesn't go according to plan. But have the last five years been worth it? No doubt. No doubt. So when you step into your purpose, will it be hard sometimes? Yes. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And will it be worth it? 100% yes. All of this is worth it. You're worth it. This church is for you. And I'm excited to celebrate with you here in just a moment. We're just getting started, folks. Five years in. I'm excited. Are y'all excited? Awesome. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done over the last five years. I thank you that we're doing it. So many people talk about it, and we're doing it. We're stepping into something great. This isn't about Grace Life Church. This is about the people who make up Grace Life Church. And we're so thankful for who's been here, who is here, and who will be here. We're excited to, to reach more people, to reach new people with this message of your unconditional love and grace. The best is yet to come. I'm so grateful that you've called me to this position, and I can't wait to see as we empower more people. I, I just, it's, I can't even comprehend it in my mind. We're going somewhere. This is just the beginning. So Lord, we just praise you this morning for everything you're doing in Jesus name. Amen.